Ah, spring fishing today on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. So here's the rundown. Mrs. Bunny will tackle spring break fishing getaway destinations. John Thielen within Fisherman Magazine will talk mastering boat control and drift socks for walleye fishing. Fishing guide and TV host Joey Monteleone will key in on better bass fishing. Ranger Boats Keith Daffron will give out his advice for first-time boat buyers. And finally, Scott Glorvigan, the award-winning pro fishing champ and host of Wired to Fish on TV, will cover all things fish. And it's presented by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. Now, here's Jim and Trav. So what we're like, uh, I don't know, uh, six, seven days in the spring. Yeah. Not too bad. I can feel it. Doesn't feel like spring. Mrs. Bunny's joining us talking about spring fishing on today's show. Actually, she's kind of busting out all over. I am. What are you saying? (laughs) She's pregnant. She is pregnant. Yes. Yes. so. All right, so I say... We did um, the litmus test. Let's start off this uh, spring fishing expedition on today's show uh, with little Pop's Kids pop quiz. You're a pop. She's a kid. Anyways, you got, <laughs> do you guys want to play a game? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Beauty versus the Beast? Is this where we do the courtesy lap? Mrs. Bunny. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Mrs. Bunny versus Jim. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's Beauty versus the Beast, where winner takes all. Alright, so the largest striped bass ever taken by an angler uh, was how big? Go. 63 pounds. 68 pounds. No, 81.88 pounds. Uh, the specimen was cow. taken from a boat uh, in Long Island Sound near the outer southwest reef off the coast of Westbrook, Connecticut. Can you imagine that? 81 pounds. That That's is a enormous. big. It's like catching all of your kids at one time. Yeah, big striped bass. Yeah. That's pretty cool. All right, so um, Mrs. Bunny, we are talking about spring fishing on today's show. Coming to Path of Break, uh, John Thielen, as uh, Mark said, uh, the pro fisherman and fishing guide and the host of the Fishhead Internet Series. Uh, comes out every Thursday. Uh, but you're going to be talking about five luxurious destinations, Mrs. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> <laughs> right now, uh, we're looking for spring break fishing destination getaways. So, um, number one. Number one. Lake Mead, Las Vegas. This ah. is kind of like dual purpose. You want to go to Las Vegas? You want to have fun? trashed and do some fishing. You Some people in your party want to hit casinos and fancy hotels and things like that. But there's also the option to uh, do some fishing. So They get great fishing. Lake Mead. Yeah, but they have the, to bring your own water. What is it? The biggest reservoir? In the Western Hemisphere. In the Western Hemisphere. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, the entire Western Hemisphere is Lake Mead. Did you know that, Jimmy? No, I didn't know that, but I think they need to get more water there. I've flown into Vegas recently. Have you fished there? like 90,000 Have you fished in Lake Mead? No, I've never fished Lake Mead before. Really? Now, the reason why we did the little striped bass trivia that you both failed miserably. Yes. um, They have some big striped bass there. They are. Like uppers of 40 pounds. Yeah, they're an outstanding striped bass fishery um, with, yeah, like he said, um, bass weights growing up to 40 pounds. In addition, they also have largemouth bass in abundant numbers, as well as bluegill, crappie, catfish, and trout as you make your way south towards Arizona, the Willow Beach area. All right, so number one, Lake Mead, Las Vegas, Nevada. What's number two? Uh, If you're looking for a family spring break destination, I mean, Disney World is kind of like an ultimate for kids, you know, but Disney World, while it might not seem like a dream for maybe some dads. It is uh, for me. It also has um, some awesome angling opportunities as it's quite the bass fishing paradise. You can get fishing charters and guides available for both um, Bay Lake and Seven Seas Lagoon. And um, there are a lot of trophy largemouth bass all over Bay Lake. Imagine and catching like an eight pound bass with that castle in the background. Cinderella yeah. castle in the background. I mean, a magical moment. That's yeah. a Cinderella story for me. <laughs> actually, Cinderella actually is the one that cleans the fish. Holding the Budweiser. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so okay, Disney World 
world, Orlando, Florida. You have fished a bunch in Florida, Jimmy. A lot in Florida. All right, number three. Okay, Riviera Maya Coast in Mexico, Mexico. Other known, otherwise known as Cancun. I don't think that there's like a more iconic spring break destination other than Cancun, but if you're not really into the party scene, it's just down the road from the craziness um, of the regular Cancun scene where there's a whole bunch of teenagers in early 20s being idiots. And mm. um, there's some of the best saltwater fishing in the Gulf of Mexico. There's um, in March, there's sailfish, barracuda, tuna, snappers, groupers, dolphin fish, and a lot more available for spring break time fishing. Okay, so number three is Mexico. What is it? Uh, black bass? There's black bass in Mexico. And matter of fact, uh, there's three places that I fished at. El Salto, Bacarac, and Lake Guerrero. You uh, fished El Salto. Yes. El Salto is a big one. It's kind of yeah, an iconic big, one. Big. Actually, that's the newest. Guerrero was, you know, very, very popular back in the 60s, 70s, and, and early 80s. And then uh, Billy was- Chapman moved his peacock bass operation from Venezuela up to uh, Lake Bacharach, and then he took over a- another fishing operation in El Salto. El Salto is so Remember new. we had Chappy Chapman. They thought yeah. about putting it in New Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is too new for Mexico. <laughs> hey, new plants, new shrubs, flip it. All right, so number four, I think, right? Yeah, still. That's Uno, Dos, Tres, Cuatro. Still, cuatro. still Mexico, but we're moving on to Cabo, Cabo ah, San Lucas. The gosh. other side of the Mexico is um, Cabo is actually one of the world's premier saltwater fishing destinations. It's located on the southern tip of the Baja California Peninsula. And it's a hot spot for resorts and timeshares, um, famous for its beaches, scuba diving, marine life. So there's other things to do if you take your partner or somebody else with you. But um, the biggest draw is... I'm going to um, take you, Jimmy, my is, partner. ...is game fish. Now, the marlin this time of the year are rare, rare but sailfish and tuna yeah. are... There's some awesome fishing. And there's... It's actually... Cabo San Lucas was first developed as a tuna harvesting village in the in the 21st or in the 20th century. So... Really? You know, and there's like... And I don't know what the fourth or fifth is, but there's a rooster fish that uh, really great to fish and they're really kind of funny looking they have this big crop on a on like a, a rooster. rooster yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, really cool fish strike what happens down in Mexico <laughs> stays in Mexico love me some Toby Keith unless, alrighty unless you have to uh, get shots for it <laughs> yeah uh, you do all the time anyways. <laughs> um, all right. So now that was number four. Cabo San Lucas. All right. So hold on. Let me recap this. Lake Mead, Las Vegas, Nevada. Number one, Disney World, Orlando, Florida. That is number two, Riviera Maya Coast, Mexico, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. Cancun. Number, we did number the three, Yucatan. Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Number four, Cuatro. Uh, what is number five? San Diego, California. Really? You can stay stateside. Um, has both fresh and saltwater fishing uh, um, opportunities. Um, it has an abundance of quality fishing piers spread out around the city. Um, halibut, um, surf perch, rays, even sharks can be caught off these piers. And there's lots of um, different charters that you can um, contract to take you out if you're looking for more of um, an adventure on the high seas, if you will. San Diego, do you guys actually know what that stands for? Uh that's where uh, Diego... Uh, Son of Diego. Friends with Dora. No <laughs> joke. <laughs> it does. You knew where I, okay. I-5. You <laughs> knew where I was going with that. <laughs> you you but now the thing is, down there in San Diego, you know, a lot of sport fishing. that and Catalina Island, uh, a big place to actually see and possibly even catch a leopard shark. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, a leopard shark? shallow in the spring of the year. Now, how big Why? are those? Oh, they get to be like eight, nine feet long. Oh, imagine hooking at one of those with a kayak. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh. you remember, we had the guy on that uh, that was actually in a kayak it took him seven miles offshore and they had a chase boat obviously to but it I don't think so. that's amazing but well in addition so. to uh just the sea there's a lot of um productive lakes and reservoirs as well as well around as well um where largemouth bass are kind of a big deal uh dixon lake 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then 70 acre, um, it's a 70 acre lake that's about an hour's drive north of San Diego that is has a great uh, opportunity for largemouths. So. Yeah, and they actually use uh, trout as uh, <laughs> as bait to catch the big bass. And Do they really? Yeah. Well, they say we that were, the largemouth, you can get them over 20 pounds in that, in that lake. We so. were recently in San Diego, and I don't know if you know this, but walking through downtown, there's not a whole lot of sport fishermen. <laughs> it's just not their habitat. Um, beautiful area. Well, actually, uh, there's, there was a guy in the corner, if you remember this or not. He says, uh, we'll fish for food. You know? Yeah. Inside. No one's ever seen that sign, never, never or seen. hat, or shirt, <laughs> or that whole marketing really platform. Work, no, <laughs> I actually think I have one of those shirts that says that. <laughs> I'm that big of a loser. All right, so we are talking about spring fishing on today's show. Mrs. Bunny uh, singled out five really great spring break uh, destination uh, fishing spots. Uh, most of them are easy to get to, except for the ones that are out of the country. Which, They're welcome. Which all were, but one. All but one, I think. Actually, two. Actually, in San Diego and Lake Mead. Well, you could be in San and Diego. Orlando. Orlando. And what? Six, well, all but in two of them. What, yeah. Within an hour, you could be in Mexico from San Diego. Within five minutes, you could be in Mexico from well, I'm San saying, Diego. By the time they search your car, you pay them off and you get in. <laughs> yeah, it is about three hours. Yeah, walking distance is like two and, me do it. two and a half blocks from downtown. <laughs> All right, so we are talking about spring fishing on today's show. Coming after the break, uh, once again, John Thielen, and he is the pro fishing guide and angler and the host of the Fish Head Series uh, on the internet. Comes out every Thursday. And then Joey Montaloni, he is the bass expert. And how about uh, Keith Daffron? He is with Ranger Boats. Also, uh, Scott Glorvgan. Great guy. Great guy. All on today's show. Here is a word for Mark. Make sure you hop online and check us out Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Adventures of Dad Me. Uh, and a special thank you, though, to Outdoor Channel. Outdoorchannel.com. Forward slash Revolution Ruger. Ruger.com. I'm out seasonings. H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com. Also Cabela's. World's foremost outfitter at Cabela's.com. Mrs. Bunny, thank you so much. Been a pleasure. All right, we're going to get to a break. Here is a word for Mark. Don't go anywhere. Outdoor Channel on switching it up, big time. So I can think of many situations where being somewhat ambidextrous as a caster can pay off in a big way. So here's how. First, go ahead and try to cast with your offhand. It's probably going to be a mess, and that's okay. Now do the same thing, only this time have your dominant hand hold on to the reel as you cast. And trust me, it will make a huge difference. Because when you put your dominant hand on the reel, you're sinking your brain with the casting stroke. And you're letting that dominant hand offer coaching on starting and stopping the rod, tempo, and rod position. Although the non-dominant hand is still doing most of the work. Now, eventually, if you take a few minutes to practice fishing this way every time you go out, your non-dominant hand will require less and less coaching. And you'll eventually be able to take the other hand off the reel and cast normally. Well, our spring fishing is just getting underway. So remember to look us up at OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution. Fridays on Outdoor Channel. Time for me to do what I do best, and that's fishing. The bottom feeders are back. I want it done my way, and that's the way it needs to be done. My little brother, he wants to be partners, and I can't be an equal partner with anyone. Screw trying to be a partner. Uh, There ain't no partner. And they're hungrier than ever. Going back empty-handed ain't never no good. All new bottom feeders, presented by Ram Trucks. Friday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, only on Outdoor Channel.
Cabela's is the world's foremost outfitter for hunting, fishing, and outdoor gear. You can outfit all your needs through Cabela's catalogs, online, and their many stores. With the best selection, prices, and quality, all backed by a legendary guarantee. For the best in outdoor gear, go to www.cabelas.com. The Ruger 1022 Takedown. A new take on the legendary Ruger 1022. With all of the features and functionality of America's favorite rimfire rifle, the Ruger 1022 Takedown easily separates for convenient storage and transportation. Reassembly is simple and returns the rifle to zero, ensuring precision shot after shot. Packed in a backpack-style bag included with the rifle, the Ruger 1022 Takedown makes it easy to keep America's favorite rimfire by your side. Hot Caramel Apple Crunch is one of the tasty treats that awaits you at High Mountain Seasonings. Order your jerky and sausage kits, snacking sticks, marinades, rubs and shakers, and more by going to HIMTNJerky.com today. What ruthless madmen could have done this to us? You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Hey, if you're just joining us, you missed a lot of great fishing spots that Ole Miss Bunny talked about. She is such a wonderful lady. We are talking about spring fishing on today's show. She fish? She fishes for compliments. <laughs> that's what you always say. <laughs> she does. That's what. That, that's who she is. All right now, we're being joined by uh, John uh, Thielen, and he is a pro fisherman and fishing guide and the host of the Fish Ed Internet Series. Got to check it out every Thursday online. Uh, it's a how-to fishing series. Pretty doggone cool. Mr. John, how's it going, buddy? It's going great. How are you guys today? Pretty good. Now, Drift Socks, I mean, this is kind of an interesting thing. You know, I think more or less, you know, fishing with Jimmy, I'm used to... It's only a theory. I'm used to throwing out a five-gallon bucket. (laughs) And uh, that's what a lot of people do do, but there's a lot uh, better way. It's a little more sophisticated uh, than going to your local Ace Hardware and picking up a bucket. Um, But let's talk about this. I mean, this really can improve um, our success rate when it comes to fishing, can it? You know, what a Drift Sock can do is... It doesn't matter if you're a walleye fisherman or a bass fisherman. Anytime your boat is not stationary. So when we don't have, when we don't have that, that talon down or, or that anchor down, anytime your boat is going to drift, a drift sock can help you control it and it can do it in any conditions. And, you know, wind, if you're trying to fish a windy shoreline and, you know, that rear end of your boat keeps wanting to blow around while you're sitting up there on that front trolling motor, you can hang a drift sock out off that back corner. And what it'll actually do is make it so that while the wind's trying to push you into that shoreline, mm-hmm. it'll hold that rear end of that boat out so you can stay parallel and keep casting. Um, you know, if you're walleye fishing, you're able to put a couple drift socks out the side of your boat and have three or four people fishing out one side of the boat as you drift along and move that bait. And, you know, the list just goes on and on, all the different situations you can use a drift sock in. Yeah. Now, how many different sizes of drift socks can you get? Well, you know, drift socks come in a variety of sizes. You can get them in 18-inch drift socks, you know, something that's great for a kayak or maybe a canoe. Yeah. All the way up to, you know, in my boat, I've got a big 60-inch Magnum Series drift sock. And what that thing does is makes it, and I actually keep a couple of those in there, and I keep a few different sizes for different speeds that I may want to go. But you can make it so you can slow down a 21-foot fiberglass boat all the way down to a kayak. All right, so oh. say you say you've got that sixty incher. I mean, you can catch a scuba diver in that thing. Uh, oh it, yeah. Now, can you can you change the outflow then uh, to decrease uh, and and actually so. create to uh, uh, you know a slower drift? Most drift socks have changed to the point now where you can't do that like you used to be able to do it. And part of the reason really? is just durability. Okay. By being able to actually have them sewn into 
a shape that just allows a small outflow at the back. Mm-hmm. We've been able to make them a lot more durable over the years because, you know, years and years ago when drift socks first came out, that was the biggest complaint was you couldn't make them durable. Mm-hmm. Well, part of that was because you had a drawstring out at the back end of it and you were constantly changing how it was catching water. What I recommend to people is make that first drift sock purchase based upon the charts that are available out there. And, and if you look at drift control drift socks, we'll actually tell you based on the size of your boat, what size drift sock you should purchase. So that'll get you started. And once you go out there and use it, what you'll find out is, boy, if I buy a smaller one, my boat's going to go just a little bit faster. And if I buy another larger one, my boat's going to go a little bit slower. But that'll get you in the neighborhood. Now, here's the thing that I do. In my boat, I want to keep two sizes anyway. Okay. Because a lot of a lot of times I'll be drifting sideways. And I want to run a smaller one up off the front okay. and a larger one off the back. And here's why I do that. I've got my Minkota trolling motor in the water all the time when I'm troll when I'm drifting because I can use it to make adjustments even though that drift sock's out. Mm-hmm. I don't need as big a drift sock in the front. So now I've got my reason for having two of them, and then I've got them in the boat. And you know what? I think the two of them that I have in my boat today have probably been in there for six years. Oh, wow. So, I mean, they're durable. They last forever. And I'll, I'll tell you what, you, you can just fish day in, day out so many different speeds by, by using a drift sock. You know, one thing um, I have found over the years, and I know I think you guys will probably agree, that uh, boats have gotten bigger, our outboard motors have gotten bigger and uh, more powerful. And I, I, I don't think that a lot of anglers properly know how to uh, work their boats. And so you get out there, you get frustrated. It kind of dampers the fishing. You're not as productive as you should be. And uh, this is one very inexpensive way uh, that we can curtail some of our problems when we're out there on the water. Oh, absolutely. You know, and you're, you're dead on when you, when you talk about boats getting bigger and, and motors getting bigger. One of the things with motors getting bigger is, you know, we get to our spots really, really fast. And that's fine. <laughs> but, yeah. but, and what's happened is all these outboards that got, have gotten bigger, we have bigger and bigger props back there. And yeah. they have more and more pitch. So when we're trying to slow down with that big motor, they're catching and moving more water, which is moving our boat faster. For the guy who doesn't want to buy an auxiliary engine, and we have a lot of that even up here in the north, we have a lot of guys that say, geez, if I'm going to buy a 150-horse upboard, I really don't want to have to buy a 9.9-horse kicker. Well, what you can do with a drift sock is you can slow that boat down, whether you're back trolling or forward trolling, by throwing that drift sock out, and now you don't have to worry about having that extra engine. Sweet. Now, are you ready to play Know Your Drift Socks, John? I, I'm going to try, and I hope I don't blow this. <laughs> All right, so true or false? In 1877, a United States Naval Academy found that Woods' buoyancy kept the sea anchors just under the surface, while an iron framework used kept it at the proper depth. Is that true or false? I have no idea how anybody could make that up and have it not be true. <laughs> I, know. I know it sounded way too believable. <laughs> that is true. Alrighty, so under under rough conditions, John, a road or line ten to fifteen times uh, the length of the hull should be used to provide a high degree of shock dampening. True or false? True. 
Gosh! You guys too smart. I, Man, you're two. Did I get it? You're two for two. I, you know what? You're too smart. We we can't be talking to you anymore, John. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I guessed on the first one. I got lucky. <laughs> we got to come up with better questions. <laughs> yeah, somebody that's tougher. Hey, we've been talking with John Thielen. This guy knows a heck of a lot about drift socks, but also a lot about walleye fishing. He is the fish ed man. One more time, we're actually coming off an ad break, John, uh, to find you your internet series once again. Uh, your fine products. Where can we find you online? Look us up on the Lindy YouTube channel. Um, check it out at, uh, you know, just Google search fish ed and you'll find a whole bunch of stuff and, and everything you need to learn how to catch two more fish and control that boat a little bit better. You bet. Hey, coming up next, we've got Joey. Monteleone? Monteleone, that's how you that's say That's a heck of a name. Sounds like somebody ordering an Italian restaurant. He's a fishing guide and TV host. Don't go anywhere as we talk about uh, more spring fishing on today's show. We want to say a special thank you, though, to Outdoor Channel, outdoorchannel.com forward slash revolution. Also, Ruger, Ruger.com, High Mount Seasonings, H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com. Also, Cabela's, world's foremost outfitter at Cabela's.com. Once again, Joey Monteleone is coming up next. Uh, John Thielen, man, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. We greatly appreciate it. You got it, guys. Thank you. All right, here is a quick word from Mark. Don't go anywhere. Jim and I, we will return. Outdoor Channel on Setting Records. Spotted bass. While fishing a California tournament trail pro-am event, Keith Bryan, president of Powell Rods, experienced one of those moments that most anglers only dream of, a possible world record bass. On the first day of the two-day event out of New Melanie's Lake in Northern California, Bryan hooked and landed a 10.48-pound spotted bass that helped him take the lead in the tournament with a day one weight of 21.39 pounds. Not only did it help in the tournament, but it set forth a chain of events that may end with the 49-year-old angler and businessman holding the new IGFA all-tackle world record for spotted bass. Well, there's more spring fishing action to come, so be sure to like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash adventures of dad and me. Tuesdays, all your favorite hunters can be found in one place. Right here. Mossy Oaks Tuesday Night Pursuits. <laughs> what a nice buck. Look at that. Outdoor Channel is your home for the best big game hunting. From turkey hunting to every type of trophy big game. Baldy, some backstrappers, some does, some cactus donkeys. There's only one place for hard-pounding excitement on Tuesdays. Mossy Oaks Tuesday Night Pursuits, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Only on Outdoor Channel. When I'm backpacking in the mountains, I like to travel light. That's why I carry Camp Chef's ready-made gourmet outdoor meals. These freeze-dried meals cook right in the pouch. Just add water. With menu choices like cheesy lasagna, teriyaki chicken with rice, and more, these meals taste great. And with a shelf life of seven years, they're also perfect as an emergency food supply at home. Look for Camp Chef's ready-made gourmet meals at a sporting goods store near you or at CampChef.com. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. Best place to find a Boone and Crockett meal? Mule deer? Colorado, of course. Best place to learn about them? Colorado's biggest bucks and bulls. Call 719-661-4037. Are they normal? No. No. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. From what I've seen and heard, they're anything but but normal. Now, here's Jim and Trav. Where are you going? (laughs) Pre-spawn bassin can be some of the best fishing of the year. And for the largest fish you'll see. 
Ooh, yeah. I love Bill Dance. You know, I think the true trick to fishing is to talk to the fish the way Bill Dance does. Yeah. That's Underwater. The only, under, <laughs> that is the only way to be a better bass fisherman. Uh, we are talking about all things spring fishing on today's show. Before the break, though. Yeah, hey, we heard from old John Thielen. He gave us some really good insight on using uh, drift socks. I feel like I'm going through puberty this morning. Who's that guy on the uh, Brady Bunch? Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, Joey Monteleone, he is the bass expert, just now joining us, talking about matching the hatch. Uh, you know, and Bill Dance had a very, uh, and that's one of the reasons we play that clip. Uh, Bill Dance, uh, he offered us uh, some really great insight when it comes to matching the hatch. Uh, you know, if a whole bunch of uh, inch and a half baits are running, why do you want to pitch that? You want to set something else out there that sets you apart for the rest, scale up in size. And I think a lot of people miss the boat, Joey, uh, when it comes to matching the hatch, don't they? They do. Uh, you know, it, I think it originated with trout fishermen. You know, they'd actually take a, a vice and tie a trout fly that matched a mayfly or a sculpin or something that they Bingo. found in the stream close by. But matching the hatch again is probably not the best idea. You do want to do something to differentiate yourself uh, and your bait for the fish. One of the things that people don't realize either is if they have a chance to hit, like you said, something that's an inch and a half and something that's three inches, the biggest problem is that uh, bass looks and it tries to detect errors in something that it approaches. So if it yeah. sees something it doesn't like, it just snubs it. And it, it will do that with a larger bait if you don't know how to present it properly. You bet. Hey, we're talking with Joey Monteleone, and this guy has caught, what, over 300 bass, over five pounds in like 9,000? Oh, actually, or is it 1,100? 57 states. Is it 1,100 or 300? It's 1,100 in ah. over 30 states. I've fished in 30 states, uh, Canada, Mexico, Hawaii, you know, in the freshwater lakes in Hawaii. So, I, you know, I've gotten to travel a little bit. And, you know, what it really comes down to, guys, is a bass is a bass is a bass. If it's an eight feet of water and by a stump, it doesn't matter if it's in a 300-acre lake, a three-acre farm pond, or a 3,000-acre lake. It's still going to probably react the same way. And their needs are pretty simple, and they're constant wherever you go. They, you know, a bass is looking for highly oxygenated water. It's looking for a food source. They like cover, and they like deep water close by. When you find all that compacted into one small area, they frequent that area. And I'm sure tournament fishermen realize there are certain places they go, and they catch fish there all the time. And if we remove that fish from that area, it's just like you sell in your house. Another fish moves in for exactly the same reason, because all those needs are met in one small compacted area. When the bait moves, the fish moves. So you have your seasonality that comes from the bait moving, and they move to a more desirable area, and again, we'll follow the food source. So literally, if you look at the outdoors, whether you're a hunter or a fisherman, all those creatures out there are slaves to their stomachs, and yeah. the second quality that they all have is that they're bass 24 hours a day. You may be fishing six hours or four hours or eight hours, but they're always going to be bass and white-tailed deer and, and turkeys. Yeah, now going back to matching the hatch, you know, if a bass can exert a certain amount of energy to get uh, a three-inch bait versus an inch and a half, it's going to do it. So that presentation is what it really boils down to. And you and you want to um, have that uh, bait appear to be, you know, a little wounded, stuff like this. I mean, what can we do to better simulate to make this look like a real-life bait fish swimming? And trigger a strike. And trigger a strike. That's the key thing that we need to focus on here, Joey. It is. And if you ever watch, you know, there's three there's three ways I think that a minnow swims. It just swims along or a shad. It just swims along and nothing bothers it. When it looks like it's uh, frightened, 
because almost everybody that's fished a lot has been reeling in another fish and had a bass try to grab a hold of it. So if it looks like it's frightened or in distress, they'll chase that. If it looks like it's injured, it's going to chase that. If you're pitching a jig, you know, for wherever people fish, if you're pitching a uh, bass jig, it's supposed to look like a crawfish. Crawfish swim backwards in two or three little bursts, and then they kind of crawl along the bottom. When you match that, when you get it right, the fish does what it's supposed to do. It eats. So, you know, what people should understand is don't complicate this. And when fishing is really tough, I advocate using a smaller lure and slower retrieves. That usually will bring fish around. You know, if it looks easy to catch, if it looks like something that they're going to eat, they do what they're supposed to do. They eat it. Now, now we're, we're talking about springtime fishing, and we know that uh, in the spring of the year, the back bays and, and coves actually are the ones that warm up the quickest because it's the shallowest water. But that's where all of the bait fish seem to go. And also, you're talking about crawfish. That's where you find those. So do you think uh, this is a good uh, starting place on any lake to uh, to go out and try to catch fish? That's a great point, and let me let me speak to that for a second. What I would say is the northwest side of the lake, and people say, why? Well, the sun rises in the east and sets in the, in the west, so the northwest side of the lake gets the most exposure to the sun. This time of the year, two or three degrees makes a difference. If you can find sand or rock or pea gravel, or uh, I've, I've seen them on launch ramps. I've seen them around concrete docks. You know, they have concrete pilings because, again, that reflects the heat from the sun, and it does draw in the bait. It's a natural progression. It starts a food chain in, in moving. The other thing for people who have a limited time to fish is to follow the moon phases. I call it bastrology. You, <laughs> the, the full moon and the new moon make a tremendous amount of difference, and you'll see things. The hatches are predicated in most uh, in most part by moon phases. So you see those little hatches of gnats or mayflies or minnows. You know, it's all it's all time to moon phases. So it does make a difference. And again, if you got a limited amount of time. You want to time your your uh, trips and your and subsequently your catches to the moon phases. Now, yeah. now, are you ready to play, Joey Monteleone? Know your bass angler. I, I absolutely am. All right, going back to Bill Dance. How old is Bill Dance, and what year and date was he born? If you get one of those right, you automatically win, and Jim will high five you uh, via email or on Munya. <laughs> he is. I'll go for the high five. Uh, <laughs> Bill is 71, and he was born, I think it's May 15th, because he's been a friend of mine for 37 years, so if I get that wrong, I've got a problem. Obviously not that great. He's 73, October 7th, 1940. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my next guest. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> hey, we've been talking with Joey Monteleone, and this guy knows a heck of a lot about bass fishing, and you can get him online. Where can we get you? Again, that's uh, Facebook. FishingJoey.com. Got to hop on there, find him out. Uh, such a great guy. We are talking about, once again, all things springtime fishing. Springtime fishing. Uh, coming up after the break, though, Keith Daffron, Ranger Boat, is going to be going over the ins and outs. All you need to know. They're all new kayak. About purchasing a brand new <laughs> Ranger kayak. That's <laughs> amazing. Anyways, uh, that was awesome. Here is a quick word from our special thank you. Outdoor Channel, Ruger, High Mountain Seasonings, and Cabela's. Join man thank you so much for coming on buddy my pleasure and it was an honor to be with you guys all right once again keith daffred coming up after the break that was joey monteleone don't go anywhere (laughs) 
Outdoor Channel on Hollywood. Raise the River. Actors Robert Redford and Will Ferrell, along with professional surfer Kelly Slater, are lending their creativity and talent to support Raise the River, a campaign designed to help breathe life back into the Colorado River Delta. The campaign aims to raise $10 million by 2017 to restore a 70-mile stretch of river and wetland habitat and to benefit the communities of the long-neglected Delta. The Raise the River campaign is 75% funded, but coalition behind the campaign is now appealing to the public to help propel the campaign across the finish line. So for more info and to learn how you can get involved with Raise the River campaign, just Google Raise the River. And for frequent updates on how it's progressing, take a listen to our Tuesday, Thursday podcasts that are on OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. Wednesday nights, Outdoor Channel is the place to be for the best shooting entertainment. We have the most respected talent and industry experts. A half-inch group at 100 yards. From stunning reenactments and dramatic events to amazing trick shots. This one you can try at home, provided your home's on a gun range. We've got it all on Midway USA's Wednesday Night at the Range. Starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Outdoor Channel. Located in the heart of Maui's premier resort, Kanapali Beach Hotel is officially recognized as Hawaii's most Hawaiian hotel and the number one best value in Hawaii. With a range of accommodations and affordable dining options, this is the ideal setting to turn Hawaiian dreams into lifelong memories. Live Hawaiian entertainment every evening, free year-round children's programs, weekly arts and crafts fairs, welcome breakfast, and departure kukui lei ceremonies add to the value. Swim in the whale-shaped pool, indulge in the fabulous spa and hotel salon. Enjoy Hawaiian hospitality at its best at the Ka'anapali Beach Hotel. Call 800-262-8450 or go to kbhmaui.com. That's kbhmaui.com. Aloha. Listen up, class. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Now, here are the boys. If you're just joining us, you just missed old Joey uh, Monte Leone. He's got a heck of a name, doesn't he? Yeah, he calls himself the bass expert. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't call Anyways, right now, I got to tell you what. Feeling kind of hot and bothered right now. I'm looking at the 212 LS Riata from Ranger Boats. Oh, gosh! Man, I like this boat. <laughs> yeah, well, who's our guest? Uh, Keith Daffern. He is the VP of sales there uh, for Ranger Boats. I'm sorry, but I'm lusting after your boats right now. My wife doesn't even care. Uh, Keith, how's it going, buddy? It's going great. All right. So now, I mean, what do we need to know? Let's say if you're a seasoned boat owner, you know everything about boats, or you're a first-time boat buyer, uh, what are possibly some unexpected costs? Um, so things that we might not be thinking about, like, do we just want to buy a boat that's uh, completely outfitted as is? Do we want to upgrade? Um, how do we need to approach this, Keith? Well, I think one of the things that has really helped over the course of the last few years is the research that can be done online. And I, I would encourage anybody out to buy a new boat, well, in particular, anything for that matter, 
to go and do your research electronically because there's so many forums, reviews, and places just that a customer can go and understand how a particular boat might fit their needs. Use the 212 Riata that you just spoke about. You know, what a great place to go and understand yeah. how this boat's characteristics perform and if they tie into the application that you're intending to use the product. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, when when you're thinking about buying a boat, you as a family have to decide exactly how you're going to use it. Are you going to be just uh, pleasure boating? Or are you actually going to be doing some tournament fishing? Those things need to be taken into consideration. And, uh, you know, when you've done that and you've finally decided on it, but you can go all the way from John Boats all the way up to Rangers. That's top of the line, isn't it, uh, Keith? That's exactly right, guys. <laughs> and, I, and I'll tell you that I think one of the most important things to understand in boating is that every choice is a compromise, not much different than a vehicle would be. And, of course, everybody can relate to that, is that there are going to be certain attributes to a specific model that may work perfect for your needs or they may be tailored towards something else. And that's, well, well that's why there's so many different models. Yeah. So when, when you're going into, uh, say, Ranger Boats, now you guys really are synonymous with that whole tournament situation, but how many different models do you make other than the tournament models? Well, the, in the glass models, we build over 40. I mean, fiberglass. Holy cow. Really? In our new aluminum models, there's there's another 14 to add to that. So you know, you're approaching 70, 75 models in our lineup alone. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, the thing is, I'm looking at the Riata, and we got that pulled up. Travis, there's drool all over the screen right now. <laughs> and chocolate. Yeah, and chocolate. <laughs> but anyhow, I noticed that there's a lot of storage in this, uh, in this particular uh, boat. Yeah, that's exactly right. If you're referring to the 212, it's a new boat for us this year. And there's so many things outside, you know, certainly an insulated cooler, a live well system that rivals our high-end tournament bass boat but but above and beyond that there's so many areas to put different things and that you know whether it's rods or just beach towels whatever and that's part of that crossover versatility that we talked about earlier giving you the ability you might decide while you're out there spending a nice leisurely day on the water that you want to go fish for two hours and this boat affords you that opportunity mm -hmm. now let's talk about price that's kind of like the legally yeah, <laughs> the, the dark cloud in the room right now everybody wants to know sure. i mean base price what are we looking at because we watch all these commercials on televisions about cars and we're like oh my god i could buy a house for cheaper than that right now <laughs> what are we looking at price wise well, that's what's unique about our product. We sell boats from 17000 to oh. over $80,000. And so somewhere in between, just use the 212 Riata as an example. It's uh -huh. probably in the mid to upper 50s. Really? Rigged out. And sure, that's a big investment, but I'd like for you to do this equation. Figure being able to put 10% down on it, yep. finance it for 10 years or so, and be prepared to sell it in four to five years. I think you'll find that the boat's worth significantly more than somebody else is, go is going to be, which allows you to continue that turn in your boat relationship life cycle. Well, you know, you like you're talking about this really is a lifetime investment. If you did choose to hang on to it and then you want to go ahead and pick up another boat, it's not going to lose its value. You know, I mean, this is a big investment, but think of all the enjoyment uh, that you're going to be getting out of that boat. And everybody has went out there and you, you've chartered a boat. You went on these fishing trips. That's going to cost you a big buck. When you can do it yourself, it's more enjoyable. You're going to get out there more. Um, I think it's it, all around. It's just a really good buy. Yeah, we think there's a sense of fulfillment that comes along with owning your own product and being able yeah. to 
you know, been able to experience it firsthand as opposed to what you said, a chartered service, something along those lines. And so our boat, and, and if you use the 212 that we're talking about maybe specifically here, you might also find that you don't have a need for a pontoon boat yep. or a unique fishing boat. This is one that will do both. So many times you see customers compare the cost of owning two boats versus one, and they choose one being our product like this that we're speaking about. Like a beautiful woman yeah. that, that floats. <laughs> <laughs> really? Mine sinks. Yeah. My wife, she doesn't float that well. We're coming up for ad break, Keith, to find out more about you. I'm sure you guys have Facebook, Twitter. You're probably on YouTube. We, we, we highly recommend. I mean, this is the time. Uh, get out there. Start shopping for boats that, that you know, like we're talking spring and fishing. And buy a Ranger. Man, you're going to enjoy your summer so much more. Uh, where can we find you guys online? Rangerboats.com. I couldn't have said it better myself. Hey, we've been talking with old uh, Keith Daffron, and this guy knows a heck of a lot about Ranger boats because he's the VP there. He is the VP of sales. He has sold millions of Ranger boats just this year. <laughs> this man <laughs> In this last everything. week. <laughs> yeah. Coming up next, though, we got Scott Glorvigan. Uh, yeah, he, doesn't, he doesn't know much about fishing, but we're going to talk to him anyways. Special thank you, though. Outdoor Channel, Ruger, High Mount Seasonings, and Cabela's World's Romas Outfitter. And we want to thank uh, Ranger Boats, too. Keith Daffron, Ranger Boats, talking about their extensive lines. Models got to hop online, check them out. Scott Glorvigan coming up next. Mr. Keith, man, thank you so much, buddy. Appreciate it, guys. All right, here's a quick word from Mark. Don't go anywhere. channel on invasive species the bottom dollar globally invasive species cost to the environment agriculture and societies including control costs are estimated to be 1.4 trillion dollars that's roughly the equivalent of five percent of the global economy and seven times the cost of natural disasters so there's more spring fishing to come and be sure to hit up our archives and adventures of datami webisodes at outdoorchannel.com forward slash revolution if you crave bow hunting, Outdoor Channel is the place to be on Monday nights. Look at this deer. We've got some of your favorite personalities. He's lived in the den for over six months. Along with some of the best hunts anywhere. We're in Alberta hunting him with a bow. Gear up for the best bow hunting on television. These are the land of the giant. One awesome night, all at one place. Prime Bows by G5 Bow Hunting Monday. Starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Outdoor Channel. Colorado's Biggest Bucks and Bulls, a book for hunters. www.coloradosbiggestbucksandbulls.com Let's go, people. Let's get it going. You're on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. I know it's a weird thought, but it's true. Hey, folks, you're just joining us. You missed old Ranger Boat Guy, uh, Keith Daffron. Yeah, the VP of Sales. I don't think he liked how I was talking about his boats lusting after them. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I he's think, very possessive. I think he took an offense, but I, you know, let's get it on. <laughs> on the water, that is. There you go. Yeah, I want to go fishing. Uh, we are talking about spring fishing on today's show. Scott Glorvigan, he's like, these guys are idiots. Uh, they're very prolific fishermen. This man knows his stuff when it comes to fishing. He's wired to fish. Mr. Scott, you you, you crazy walleye angler, you. How's it going, buddy? Oh, I, I'm doing good. And then, to be fair, I'm Norwegian, so you can pick on me as easily <laughs> as I can pick on you. So sometimes they go right over the top of my head. So, hey, it's great to be here, and we're looking forward to talking a little spring fishing this morning. Yeah, no. now, what, what kind of bait do you have to have for lutefish? Oh, <laughs> 
I, first off, you got to have a clothespin so you can put that over your nose. That's the start. So then you can go from there. And a Gemini jersey. you got to have that on as well. Now, before we go on with this, Scott, uh, to find out more about you, buddy, I mean, everybody knows who you are in the fishing world. Uh, but the numerous things you do, where can we find you online? Well, you can go online and check out wiredthefish.com. That's our daily website. Uh, we cover all kinds of fishing topics. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like the USA Today of of uh, fishing as well as you can always check out our jersey uh, company gemini jerseys and uh, we take care of a lot of those anglers that fish weekend tournaments and uh, and in the big leagues so if you have a need for for jerseys check us out there at uh, g2 jerseys as well as uh, fishing information on wired to fish you bet now we're, we've been talking about springtime fishing during the show and of course uh, uh we're in that springtime pattern and what do you do when you get out of the water for the first time in the spring where do you go to you know, I think that first off, when you're thinking about spring, especially throughout the Midwest, some of the first waters that I'll go to chasing walleyes will be river systems. Those are typically, obviously, the first ones start to melt, water temperatures start to warm up, backwater start to warm up, so forth and so on. And those walleyes will start to make their migration upstream till they get to the spawning grounds or they run into the dams. And typically, those concentration areas will be the best places to start. Now, exactly. What What do you think? This time of year, people getting out, obviously, we're, we're a little cagey. We've been cooped up all winter we long. We got cabin fever. We want to get out there. We want to fish and fish hard. What do you think are the most common mistakes that a- anglers make this time of year? I think when the, probably the biggest thing is with cold water, People have a tendency to fish too fast or they'll fish with too big a base. I've kind of made my career in the walleye world uh, kind of being finesse orientated. Now, I'm a total optimist, and every time I go to the water, I expect the fish are going to be jumping in the boat. (laughs) Being a realist, it's not going to be that way most of the time, especially if you're my boat. Uh, But typically, slower finesse-type presentations early in the year will always outdo those big uh, presentations or fast presentations. Not that they won't work from time to time to get a reactionary strike, but gotta remember, walleyes at this time of year are starting to think more about the opposite sex than actually feeding and eating, uh, cause they're thinking about, you know, hooking up with those females, vice versa, and so you want to be able to give them a, a presentation that's subtle, uh, that's finesse-driven, and make it easy for them to take it and not chase it down. Yeah, now, uh, this time of the year, you know, you can get stained water pretty quickly. Do you have a tendency, uh, because on this migration route that you're talking about, these walleyes are on, I mean, you've got, uh, you know, one and a half, two pounders that have some big ideas. Then you've got the double digits you're talking about. Do you use a lighter line in the spring of the year than you would in, say, the fall? Oh, yeah. Typically, I fish uh, most of the time when we're fishing in, in early season, you're fishing fairly vertical a lot of times. If we're fishing, let's say, down in the Red Wing area uh, where there's lots of wind dams and, and holding areas and deeper uh, river channels, typically we'll go uh, vertical with the presentation and kind of slowly slip with the current. I like to slip the slow water, obviously, than the fast water. So consequently, I'm going to use as light as line I can get away with. It's more natural presentation. And as light as jigs I can get away with to keep me in contact at the bottom, again, you're trying to make it natural like You're trying to put that offering right in front of the fish's face. And, you know, you're trying to do it so natural that it's hard for them to resist and they'll take that bait in. Yeah. Now, uh, getting even more specific, on those jigs that you're throwing out there, uh, do you use a loop knot? Well, most of the time I like to tie a palmer knot. Okay, palmer. Because I want to keep that jig very, very 
horizontal in the water column, okay? Uh-huh. If a, you're fishing a loop knot, now loop knot's okay if you're working it up and down where you want that tail action to go up and down quite a bit. But most of the time, my mom was dead sticking. And again, think about it. This water's cold. You know, those fish aren't moving around much. So a very horizontal presentation makes it real easy for that fish just to open his mouth up a little bit and inhale that bait in. One of the things I do, and most of the time I'm fishing plastics in the in the uh, springtime, the Northland Impulse baits, the Berkeley Gulf baits, things like that, because you're giving a scent trail. But I'll put a stinger hook right in the tail of that plastic. But a lot of times that fish just opens its mouth, flares its gills, and that bait, and fishing the light bait, it takes it into its mouth. And as soon as you see that rod tip stop or that line just stiffen up uh, or you see that little bit of hump, a straight, nice, firm, vertical hook set will typically bury that stinger hook. And so uh, typically I like to fish the, the plastics early on in the year uh, when the water's really cold. Water's really cold where you're at. Oh my God. I mean, we're in spring you here. Never run out you of don't ice. get to spring till June where you are at, Scott. Holy cow. You know, my, my dear old father, bless his heart when he is alive. Every, when summer arrives, he would take his long johns off on July 4th and put them back on on July 5th. <laughs> Just long enough to wash them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, do you want to play How Well Do You Know Scott Glorve again? Do you want to do that? Who, me? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, a, I'm an identical twin, so I, I can uh, at least blame my ignorance on my identical twin. All right, so is it true or false when you wear a Gemini jersey, fish surrender to you? Uh, I would have to say that's true. Okay. <laughs> now, also, this is a tough test. <laughs> that you are better looking than your brother and you taught him everything he knows about fishing. Well, I have a couple of brothers. There's one that claims it, and there's one that denies it, and then the other one, he just ignores it. So, yeah, I got them everything they know. All right, you ace that test. Yeah. All right, one more time to find out more about you, Mr. Scott. Uh, the numerous products that you guys offer and services, uh, where can we God. find you online? You can go online in regards to looking for tournament jerseys or performance wear out on the water. Go to GeminiCustomJerseys.com. Uh, and if you're looking for updated fishing information regarding bass, walleye, and lots of other things, go to WiredToFish.com. You bet. Hey, maybe we've been talking with uh, Scott Glover again. This guy knows a heck of a lot about walleye fishing, and he's just really a good guy. He is the authority when it comes to walleye fishing or any species of fish. Well, hey, we're the revolution. Even mermaids. We are proudly brought to you by Outdoor Channel, Ruger, High Mount Seasoning, and Cabela's. Here is a quick word from Mark. Mr. Scott, man, you're a legend. Thank you so much for coming on today. Hey, pleasure, and I wish everybody a very, very successful and safe spring when they're out there on the water. You bet. Outdoor Channel on Fishing. Did you know recreational angling is a $15 billion industry in the States, resulting in an estimated 828,000 jobs? By comparison, commercial fisheries are a $36 billion industry and are responsible for an estimated 525,000 jobs. Well, for other fishing facts and tips, just head for twitter.com forward slash underscore OTN and we'll return in a moment. The Revolution! The Revolution! 
trap. That was a great springtime fishing show. Great springtime fishing show. Be enjoyed by Mrs. Bunny again. You betcha. I came in just to say goodbye. Just to say goodbye. Hey, we want to say a special thank you, though. Hey, yeah, to our 428 affiliate stations or advertisers and everyone that makes the show possible, like Miss Bunny, Fun Joe, our producer Mark Canary, and Frank the Sound Guy. John Thielen, Joey Montaloni, Keith Daffron, also Scott Glorfkin. Make sure you get outdoors this week and take some kids with you. Enjoy yourself. Peace out. Jimbo and I and Bunny, we love you very much. God bless you. We'll talk next week. See you then. of Outdoor Trails Radio Network. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved.